Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Dean Ash from the little town of Guthrie, Oklahoma, the first capital of Oklahoma. Well, that's an interesting piece of news I didn't know, Dee. Yeah, Oklahoma City stole the state seal. Oh, my. Seriously. That's quite the story. Yeah, Oklahoma used to be a wild and woolly place. Really wild. All that oil, you know. The wild, wild west. Well, the wild, wild west, sort of, only we weren't the west. But, you know, whatever. I don't think we had anything like that in Indianapolis, because Indianapolis stole the state capital from a little town in southern Indiana called Corridon. So there's your history lesson. Well, good. I'm glad to know that. So we both have state capital seal stealing stories. Who knew? There was no theft. I don't think there was theft in Indiana the way there was in Oklahoma. They flat stole the seal. Now, people in Oklahoma City are going to be mad that I said that. I'm not saying you people did it. I'm saying some, I don't know, state fathers wanted it in Oklahoma City instead of Guthrie. And what's interesting about that is, in Guthrie, it's this little tiny town that basically time forgot, and it's turned into this movie producer's paradise. We just had another movie um, filmed just the other day called Stillwater, and it's with Matt Damon. So Matt Damon was in town. Nice! Yes, and we have these huge wide avenues, the Masonic temple the big giant one is in Guthrie it's just it's because they thought they were going to be the state capital forever but it didn't happen so it's turned out to be a good thing that they just don't change much because the downtown is still intact and Victorian anyway back to flowers and stuff I noticed that our quote today is from a book you own it is I will read it if we attempt to describe the average African violet enthusiast, the first thing we would say is, she, or maybe he, asks an awful lot of questions. That's by Helen Van Pelt Wilson, who was the editor of a book called 1001 African Violet Questions Answered by 12 Experts, 1957. (laughs) I was going to say that has to be from the 50s. Um, Okay, I didn't know there were 1001 questions about African violets, but... We'll try to answer a few on here. Right. And because I have the book, whatever we don't answer, if somebody asks, I just go look it up. Awesome. I like it when you do that. So people think of African violets and they think our grandmothers grew them, right? Because my grandmother did have African violets. So did my granny. She had African violets. She wasn't the one I most often think of as a gardener because my my grandmother, Mar- my granny Margaret, um, she actually was a great gardener, but I just don't think about it when I say my grandmother was a gardener. I always think of Juanita, who is my dad's mom. But anyway, my grandmother Margaret, who we called granny, she kept African violets in every window, and she also had houseplants all over the place. Millennials today would want to ransack my grandmother's house for cuttings. That's how many she had. Well, my grandmother had houseplants on her dining room windowsill, which was like a shelf. And yeah. I just remember African violets, not too much more about them. Yeah. Granny had shelves, you know, when glass shelves were popular and they put them in windows. She had this one really good window, and I'm trying to think of which way it faced. It probably faced east. 
and it got really good sunlight in the morning and she had just these glass shelves that were kind of floating shelves in her window. So when you came to her house, it looked like a jungle. Like, cause that was neat. the one right by her front door. It was neat. She was, she was actually a really good gardener. She liked to grow flowers and houseplants. And then my other grandmother loved to grow vegetables and also flowers. And I have another story about that someday that I'll share. But anyway, they were very different gardeners, but both gardeners. However, African violets are not just your grandmother's houseplant. They're pretty cool. And they're back in style. They are back in style and there are zillions of them out there. So African violets get their name because they are native to um, Tanzania, southeastern Kenya, in the eastern tropical Africa, according to Wikipedia. Yes, and their genus, there's a bunch of species and subspecies, and some are endangered, and a bunch of them are threatened because they grow in the cloud forest habitats that are now being you know, slashed and burned for agriculture. Um, the, con- the conservation status of this, okay, first of all, they're called St. Paulia, and St. Paulia Iantha, Nantha, has been classed as being near-threatened, which I didn't know that until we started to study up on this. Right, and so where did that St. Paulia name come from, Dee? Well, I thought, you know, maybe it's a, for St. Paul somehow, but I couldn't figure that out. So I went and looked, and I actually found it on the Missouri Botanical Gardens website, and it honors a German, and his name was Baron Walter von St. Paul Allaire. And that actually sounds French, but I don't know. He was born in 1860, died in 1910, and he collected the first African violet, which happened to be St. Paulia. Ionantha, which is the one that is threatened or near threatened. And so began the one of the biggest, I think one of the most popular, long-standing houseplants out there. It kind of ebbs and flows a little bit, but it's always been popular in some form or fashion. Always. In the 1930s, it reached probably its all-time peak. But like I said, they're back. Um, some people think they're easy to grow. Do you think they're easy to grow? Uh, They are not that easy to grow. And in fact, I would like to confess that um, African violets are something that get handed down from one generation to the next sometimes. And so a friend of mine, his mother had passed away and he had an African violet that he said had once been his grandfather's. And he was traveling by plane back to his home. So he said, will you take care of this And he gave me like, I don't know, six or seven houseplants. So I was very careful nurturing that African violet. And it bloomed really nice, purple with a white center. Uh And then it just slowly started to die. And it's like like watching something slide downhill and you, you can't catch it before it gets to the edge and there's a cliff and then it drops and it's just like it died. So I had to confess that to him. And he said that was fine. I think he knew yeah. where he had given away cuttings and knew where to get some more. So why do we think it died? Did you get water on its petals? Did you not water it enough, too much? Did it not get enough indirect light? I think it probably died. Um, I was giving it artificial light, mm-hmm. but I think it may have died from potentially overwatering, but also it had been in the pot that it was in for a very, very long time. And I think it was just depleted in there, and I probably should have carefully 
repotted it. And as soon as I got it home, I should have taken some leaf cuttings, which is how you propagate African violets. And that's fairly simple. I probably should have propagated it right away. But so I'm going to say maybe I overwatered it, but I also think it didn't have a good soil anymore. It was too long in that pot. Yeah, it probably depleted all of its uh, resources. And honestly, they probably fed it with um, a soluble African violet food is what I'm guessing. Because if it had been in the same pot forever, I just have a feeling that they were feeding it regularly. There's no way it would last that long. I have another theory. Okay. He told, he told me that the African violet, that one, was continually in bloom. And when his mother passed away, it stopped blooming. All the blooms dried up. And when he gave it to me like a month and a half later, it had no blooms. And it finally bloomed, very pretty. And I I think it missed its owner. (laughs) I think it just missed her. (laughs) Well, you know, we've talked about, oh, that's kind of sad. We've talked about telling the bees when a beekeeper dies, maybe you needed to go and bang on its pot and let it know that she had passed away and that you were its new owner, just like they do when they tell the bees. I don't know. I don't know either. I do know that there is, um, uh, so, so African violets, there are some things that they appreciate that will help them live longer. And a well-cared-for African violet can last a long, 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 long time. Right. So we got some information from the University of Georgia Extension because here's the deal. I've grown out of violets for years and years and years, and eventually I get tired of them and I let them die, which is terrible of me, but that's just how I roll. So I thought, well, let's see how the official people say we should do it. So they need the right amount of light. Um, They like, and this is a UGA Extension thing, so it's going to talk you know, scientifically, um, they like intensities of 1000 foot candles of light for six to eight hours a day. All right. Here's what I used to, here's what I still do. I either put them in an East facing window or a Southeast facing window or a West window, and they get plenty of light at my house. Now my windows are large. Um, they will also try, they will tolerate low light conditions, but they will not bloom as much. Okay. And according to well, I want to say on that low light, uh-huh. on that low light, there are some African violet growers and hobbyists that will grow their African violets completely under fluorescent lights, like in a basement or something. Sure, and they do pretty well. Well, I would think they would because they don't they use don't they use artificial? Didn't you just say artificial light? Yeah, yeah. If you're using artificial light, then you're going to get good results. I mean, I have a whole light stand that I do cuttings on every year. And I also start seeds in, and I can tell you the plants do great. And I just move the shelves or the lights up and down so they get more light or less light. But anyway, so they're saying to grow them in a south or a west window. Well, that's kind of what I do. I grow them in a southeast or west window. In other words, don't grow them in a north-facing window because that's the worst. So they say if you don't have enough light, they might not flower. And if they have too much light, their leaves turn kind of yellow instead of that beautiful dark green. Now, about the leaves. (laughs) Okay, this is just my thoughts. Don't get the leaves too wet. They really don't like to have water on their leaves. I water, there's, so there are these pots you can buy 
which are African violet pots, and I have bought them, and you put water down in the bottom part of the pot, you pull up the upper part, and it has like a terracotta bottom that is unfinished, unglazed, and it's supposed to wick up that water. I did not find that that worked very well. Well, interestingly enough, the African violet that died was in exactly that kind of pot, and I will confess that I recently purchased another African violet, and I put it in that pot because I want to try to grow one again. And I tried to get one that looked as much like that one that I killed as possible. So I am trying it in exactly that kind of pot. Well, I'll be interested to see how it did, because I had three in that kind of pot, and then I decided I was going to move them to these other china pots that I have, and I have pictures of them. And honestly, they did better in the china pots that had no drainage, because I just didn't water them very often, and I watered underneath the leaves. So you lift the leaves up, and then underneath you water around the plant, because those fuzzy leaves really want to stay kind of dry, but not too dry. So this says, though, to apply water till it drains out the bottom of the pot. Pour off the excess after 20 to 30 minutes. So if you're doing an African violet pot, you put water in there. You're supposed to let it soak for that long. I don't know. Here's the deal. I just, I just water them, and then I let it run out the hole. Right, and that is really the best way to water any indoor plant, is to have a good drainage hole and water it until the water comes out the bottom. Don't let it sit in standing water. Well, the University of Georgia agrees with you because it says those pots work, but they don't leach the salts that can accumulate in the soil. And in my case, where I live... I have a lot of minerals. I have very hard water. And no, I don't go buy special water to water my house plants. I just water them with my regular water. Now, I have well water, so I don't have the, uh, I don't have any kind of bleach in my water or any other chemicals because it comes from the well. But I do have hard water. I just water everything until it just runs out the bottom. And I guess that helps leach out the salts because I just don't have that much trouble. Right, and that could have been the problem with mine. It had too many salt built up in that soil because the soil looked pretty bad when I dissected it. You know, all I think that needed is I just think it needed to be put in new soil. And there's, and Probably. I think it would have been just fine because you're really good at this. So there's a great article on houseplants, including African violets, and it says they're not your grandmother's houseplants by Ari Bruno, and we're going to link to it. There's now a yellow flowering one. Yellow. That sounds pretty, Dee. And so now, here we go. Now we're on the search for the yellow African violet. And we're going to try to buy it. You're not going to try to buy it. You're I'm not going to try it. I'm shaking my head. I'm not going to try to buy it. Here's the thing. I suspect, suspect it's got a recessive gene. It'll be a pain to grow. So I'm just going to stick with the purple and pink ones. Right. And there are also, by, we should mention, there are some variegated leaf ones that are kind of fun. Beautiful. There are... There are some that are kind of viney, traily, so those would be pretty. Also beautiful. I like variegation, and I like viney, traily. And there's miniatures. I've tried to grow those. They didn't like it here. Well, whatever. So we will leave a link to the African Violet Society of America, which is a website that has all kinds of good information. And if people still have questions, I do own the book, 1001 African Violet Questions Answered by 12 Experts. Wow. I wonder how they chose the 12 experts. I don't know. But you know what's interesting, Dee? What is that? When I was a kid, when, when I was a kid, 
we used to drive out east of town to go fishing with my dad. And we would pass this house out in the country, and it had a sign out front that said, African Violets for Sale. We didn't. We never stopped because my dad wasn't into African Violets. But this book, one of the 12 experts, is a woman from my hometown of Greenwood, Indiana. And it has to be that woman that lived just outside of town and had that sign out there. I bet it is. Don't you wish you had stopped? I kind of wish we would have stopped. Yeah, there are two begonia experts in Oklahoma. Like, I mean, they're big deal begonia experts. And I get scared even when I talk to them because they know so much more about begonias than I do. And I sort of want to go to their house and see all their begonias. So the African violet lady would be the same way, right? Right. And she's probably deceased because this book was written in 1957, which was a long time ago. Yes, indeed it was. It was before I was born. Just saying. And before I was born. (laughs) So that's African violets, our flower for this week. Shall we move on to veggies? Let's move on to veggies, which it's that time of year where people are hopefully preparing veggies to go with their sweets and savories. Right. And it's also extremely stressful time of the year with the holidays. And now everybody's on this big, mad rush to get everything done for the holidays and to make it a perfect hallmark moment for everybody, which is absolutely impossible. Yes. So for our veggies, we chose to highlight a couple of books by our friend Sue Getz. The one is called The Herb Lover Spa Book, Create a Luxury Spa Experience at Home with Fragrant Herbs from Your Garden. I love it. I love this book, and not just because Sue is my friend. Um, it's really well done. If you can't grow all of these herbs, she tells you how. But if you can't grow them, still get this book and um, make some of the projects in there. They're easy. And you will love it because you'll be able to relax in your bath with, say, a bath salt or, you know, you can make all kinds of things. And so they're, I just, I love this book. If you're one of our listeners who's more towards the Washington State area, which is where Sue is, she occasionally does workshops and, and speaks. And so if you have an opportunity to go listen to her, it would be well worth your time and you'd learn quite a bit. She also is often on the tour for Mother Earth News, and that would be, I think it's Mother Earth News. Yeah, I think it is. Um, That would be a good place to hear her speak in other parts of the country. Right. And even in the wintertime, if you look at the book and say, well, I don't have any of these herbs in my garden. Well, you can make a list of things that maybe you want to add to your garden next spring to have a spa supply for the next year. Right. Like lavender. Um, rosemary. There are so many things. And that brings us to her... Mint. Mint. That brings us to her other book, A Taste for Herbs, A Guide to Seasonings, Mixes, and Blends from the Herb Lover's Garden. And so not only can you get your spa on, you can also get your cooking on. Right. And she has a lot of information about how to uh, combine a lot of herbs that you can grow yourself in very interesting ways and make very delicious food. Yes. And sometimes cooking is also self-care. At least it is for me. Because if you take time to prepare really delicious food for you and your family or your friends, I love the idea that people have done now for Thanksgiving that is called Friendsgiving. And even though I know we've just finished that, you could have Friendsgiving anytime you want to. And the idea of cooking food for your friends is just beautiful. And so that makes me think of something. So we're having this party, Bill and I are. 
which we have now every year. This will be the third year. And he wants me to go and hire a caterer. And I don't really want to hire a caterer. He's trying to do it for me because it'll be easier on me. But I want to cook my own food because that's really an expression of love from me to my friends. Right. So I can see why you would want to do that. Maybe you need to hire a sous chef to help you. Ooh, that'd be good. I could just hire someone to help me chop veggies and stuff. And herbs. So alrighty then, we're going to leave links to both of those books so that uh, folks are interested in getting them. They would be uh, a great gift for yourself or even if you have a friend that's interested in that kind of thing. It would be great. And who isn't interested in making uh, beautiful bath salts and other things to, you know, right. soothe yourself? That's the veggie. We have to kind of come be, be creative with our veggie topics when we're not actually growing vegetables, don't we, Dee? We do. In the wintertime, it's a little harder to come up with veggie topics. But you know what? We've really been expanding and coming up with other ideas. So I'm quite proud of us. Wait for next week. Next week is a doozy. <laughs> Way to tease them, D. So we got some dirt. We got some dirt. Thanks. We want to give a yep. shout out to the Grow It app, which you can put on your phone. And this was started, I think, around 2014. So it's been around for five years. So this is a, this is an app that's really growing and improving. And uh, we've met the guys behind it, and they're very enthusiastic. But the Grow It app is you can download it to your phone, and it, I think they have it. I'm sure they have it for Google phones as well as iPhones. And you can put pictures of your plants out there if you don't know the ID and ask for people to ID them for you. You can ask gardening questions. Yeah. You can find garden centers and gardens of interest. You can put pictures. You can put pictures of your garden over and over on the app, and all the other people are gardeners too, so they don't think you're crazy on your Facebook. Because ask me how I know this. Uh, well, D, you know I have a hashtag on Facebook <laughs> called hashtag turn Facebook into flower book because I only, I only post flower pictures. Yes, pretty much me too. And I also put, just for those of you who have given up on Facebook because you just can't take it anymore, you know, all the people who throw up stuff that is on one side or the other and you're like, oh my gosh, just stop talking about politics. You can actually go on, if you have Chrome, you can go on there and there's a filter extension that you can add and you can just take out any any phrase that gets on your nerves. So if you don't like seeing my flowers on Facebook, you could block me without blocking me. Don't block flowers on Facebook because Facebook shows you more of what you tend to like. And so if you keep liking flower pictures, you're going to see more flower pictures. What's not to like about that? Exactly. I'm kidding. But if you want to block politics, there's an extension for that. And I think I can even link to it, and I will try, because all my friends kept leaving Facebook, and I was like, don't leave. There are beautiful flowers and great sayings and all kinds of fun stuff on there. Just filter it out. All right, so back to the Grow It app. So the Grow It app, this would be something if you wanted to interact with gardeners and you didn't want to mess with like the likes of Facebook and things like that. The Grow It app is exactly what you want to download. And they have uh, thousands of users across the country. And you can earn points. They call them Grow Awards. You can use, earn some points and, and I, I think you can turn it in for Grow It merchandise or something. Because you can also help other people um, identify plants. So if you know what a plant is, you can pipe in and say, that's the ID. 
and you know, it's it's a petunia or whatever. And then other people can go out and confirm it. If you have other questions about gardening and you are on Facebook with us and you go to our page, we now have a group and it's called the Garden Angelus Garden Club. And it's a place to gather and talk about gardening. So you can come on there and, I mean, you can ask us questions anywhere anyway, but this is a great place where not only we answer your questions, but other people within our little garden club answer questions. And it can turn into a really lively group and I think it would be really fun. So we started it. Right. I'm pretty excited about the Garden Angelus Garden Club on Facebook. And people would be able to post if they have pictures and things like that. They could post them there. It's going to be all about gardening. All about it. Because that's really all Carol and I care about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we care about a few other things. But for the most part, we care about gardening. Well, our families. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get ourselves in deep... Trouble, why don't we say that... Trouble? Us get into trouble? No. Go find the Grow It app and download it to your phone and uh, enjoy it. Their mission is to connect, educate, and inspire others to dig plants, which is very good. And come join our garden club. Exactly. On Facebook. We love talking to you. In fact, we can talk incessantly about gardening, which is why we both are on the Grow It app. Right. Anyway, well, that's all we have for today, Dee. So folks can find us. Um, I'll put links to all the social media in our show notes, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Our email is thegardenangelist at gmail.com, and I will put links to our individual websites where people can go and find us as well. Awesome sauce. All right. Well, it was great talking with you over the garden gate, Dee. Lovely to chat with you too, Carol. Bye now. Bye.